Get ready, it's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman. What's up, y'all? Good evening, race fans, and welcome back to another two hours of Motorsports Conversation. Here on Motorsports Madness, you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, and it's going to get crazy because that's typically what we do on this show. My name is Jacob Seelman. I am joined at the round table by both Tom Baker and NASCAR Xfinity Series rookie Vinny Miller, who we are excited to have in the Race City USA PMN studios here in Mooresville for the first portion of tonight's show. We have also got Cisco Scaramuza and Steve Ovens joining the fun via the Race Chaser Skype line. And, well, I'm just going to dive right into it, Tom. Well, I hope so, because we've already started the show. Yes, indeed we have. And I'm not going to dive into where you would... Well, I am, but (laughs) just not starting where you think I would. Because, as opposed to discussing Fontana, which we'll get to in a couple of minutes, I want to talk about all the people that are going, (gasps) Woe is everything in NASCAR, because, well... Bad news happened today. Triad Racing Technologies, in this bit of breaking news, announced they are selling off their engine shop. Not surprised. That is my two cents here. I would have honestly kind of expected this a little bit sooner, and it just took a few races into the season to see the effects of the NT1 spec motors in the truck series, Tom. It's a bummer, but like I said, I mean, the handwriting was on the wall. Well, I don't know if I would say the handwriting was on the wall, but I I certainly understand what's happened. I mean, obviously, with the incoming Ilmore engines in the uh, truck series that... Which most of the teams were already using, as it is. And that definitely has affected Triad's market share, to Mm. be sure, but... You know, unfortunately, it's kind of a positioning thing, because when you look at... Triad is obviously Toyota, mm-hmm. and because you also have Joe Gibbs Racing building their own engines, and you really have two big Toyota teams, Joe Gibbs Racing and Furniture Row Racing in the Cup Series, and they're using the JGR motors, and you really don't have any big teams in the Xfinity series from Toyota, except for Joe Gibbs Racing, uh-huh. who is using, obviously, Joe Gibbs Racing Motors. There's just really not a place for Triad to fit in. Uh-huh. They were servicing some of the smaller teams, I suppose. But Tri-Star. I, yeah, I mean, I think their big thing was their, or their main place for the longest time was the truck series. 110 and now, wins and 91 poles. Yeah, so now with the spec engine, well, uh, they don't want me to say spec, the Ilmore engine being in the in the series, um, you know, there just isn't a place. Triad couldn't find a place to fit because the main two Toyota teams are using Joe Gibbs racing engines. Mm-hmm. So you almost, you basically had a position where, Joe Gibbs Racing was actually competition for Triad. So it's sort of odd the way it was all developed, and Triad just really never had a chance in the higher series, to be honest. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. Again, like we said, uh, one of those things that just kind of is disappointing to see, and we'll just have to see what the longer-term after effects are here, at least as far as I know, Hattori Racing Enterprises was still using Triad Motors. I, oh, they were? At least as of uh, Las Vegas, they were still okay. using the built motors. I don't know uh, what we'll see going forward for them, and uh, one of those things that we may actually have to chase down this weekend at Martinsville Speedway. So now I'll circle back to Fontana. Cisco, four did not get four. Because, well, you and I disagree on the fact that Kevin Harvick caused his own demise. I say he did cause his own demise. You say it was Kyle Larson's fault. At the end of the day... No, I agree. I oh, you agree agree, you, you agree for I was, once? I was exaggerating before the show. Well, you, you, you had a convincing... Well, you, you tried to have a convincing it's argument. It's called Devil's Advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were doing oh, pretty good at having a convincing argument. And... Well, I have just, I, you know, everything, you know, is totally on fire and everything NASCAR is horrible and the series is dying. What are we going to do? Oh, woe is us. You know, the usual. The usual. Steve, are you surprised that Kevin finally cracked? <laughs> well, yeah. Am I surprised he cracked? Yeah. He looked like a rookie on Sunday. What are you doing? It's lap, you know, what, 35? I mean, you, come on now. You've won three Monster Energy Cup Series races in a row, and then you go out and you try and side-draft a guy not even 50 laps into the race, and you end up wrecking yourself. I believe Kyle Larson said it best when uh, he asked Crew Chief Chad Johnston, what the heck was he doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's what I've been asking myself since it happened. And, you know... Good for Kevin to to really you know kind of take the blame because you know it kind of was on him, and you know fortunately for Kyle Larson, Larson didn't get more damage out of it than than what he did in in the whole ordeal because that would have been unfortunate for him. He but, came back to finish second, Steve. I don't know that he really got any damage out of it. Well, no, that's what I that's what I mean though. I mean he was fortunate not to mm -hmm. get you know, more damage, uh, and I don't think he did get any at all, but, yeah. you know, that could have been a bad deal for both of those guys. Um, and, and, you know, Larson, you know, he's he's right there, guy. He's right on the cusp. Yeah. But am I, am I surprised? Yes, I am, because we saw that Kevin Harvick was human for a moment on Sunday, and, and for the last three races he hasn't been. You can send your hate mail to steve at racechaseronline.com. <laughs> at Stephen with a V. Ovens <laughs> like the microwave. <laughs> I like the way you said that. Uh, look, I, I agree with, with Steve mostly. I don't know that he looked like a rookie, but, you know, here's the interesting thing is when it first happened, you know, of course, t the TV guys all jumped on well, I think he was trying to let Kyle know that he didn't appreciate him getting him loose. Kyle never touched him. He no. just messed with his air, and it just broke the back end for a minute or two, second or two. And then, you know, Kevin turns left. I, I mean, I don't – only Kevin Harvick knows if he was trying to side draft or if, the, if he, he was actually – He basically said – or at least Larson said Harvick was trying to side draft, and I thought after the race Kevin kind of referenced it himself. Well, <laughs> so th that would either be Kevin picking up on an opportunity to sort of, 
yeah, I was trying to say, that's right. That's what I, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Or, uh, Cisco, he was uh, maybe trying to send a signal. But either way, it certainly was, as Kevin described it very accurately, a bonehead move. Uh, because I think he probably would have uh, had a car to win again. And that would have put him in some rarefied air getting four in a row. Maybe this was an unwritten reputation for Harvick to come run the Chili Bowl next year and see if he can hang tough. Being <laughs> well, I would pay for tickets to that. Yeah, that would be really interesting. And I bet you somebody would give him a ride, too, if he put out there that he wanted one. I'll bet you he'd get one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that coin, Steve-O, the Truex train is back. Well, and to their point yesterday, guys, and and all their post-race yesterday, they never went anywhere. They just weren't coming out of the gates in dominant fashion, but they they didn't go anywhere. I mean, look at, you know, his run in Daytona. He got caught up in somebody else's mess. pretty much. I mean, it's just been, you know, all those little things that didn't seem to ever happen to them last year happened to them in the first four races, so... You know, it was kind of funny to, to, you know, none of the 78 team was shocked. You know, Truex was like, look, we're just picking up where we left off last year. We just didn't have any bad racing luck today. So uh, these guys are, again, you know, I know that Harvick is is off to a quick start and, and he always runs well on the West Coast. But I still believe today, guys, that the 78 team, they're the they're the returning champions, and you're going to have to go through them if you're going to win the championship this year. Steve makes a point because wasn't it wasn't it the '78 team in Atlanta that had like three bad air guns? I want, I think it yes. was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I believe that that was after the race where Cole Pern uh, used a few expletives yeah. to describe the I new air guns. Yeah. So <laughs> again, he was. I, he, I don't know that he was going to beat Kevin Harvick, but uh, no, he certainly would have been second or third, quick, capable anyway. But uh, you know that. So I think Steve's right. I, I don't think the '78 was ever not there. Um, Steve, I think uh, this was just a situation where he finally was able to put a race together without having any issues beyond his control. And let me go ahead and get this out of the way in the first segment, guys. The 78 team being back, much, much different than all of these people saying that Hendrick Motorsports is back. Because I'm not buying it still. I don't care. The 78 team is back. Hendrick's still got to show me something. All right. Hang on a minute. Let, we've only got a minute. so Yeah, I know. We only have a minute. I'm just going to make the point before we go to break, Steve. I did put out a story on this earlier today, uh, and nowhere in that did I say that Hendrick Motorsports is back. Are they moving in a better direction than what they had been the first four weeks? Yeah, you could say that, but are they back in the form that they've been used to? I'm not ready to say that, just like none of the rest of you are either. So, we're going to go ahead and do some business here on the Performance Motorsports Network, and we'll be back to talk Xfinity with an Xfinity driver in Vinnie Miller right after this. You're listening to PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. 
You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Because the music choices on this network are just good, and somehow that fits Austin Terrio, I feel like, Tom. I don't know why. Uh, he, he He's not, uh, let's just be clear, he's not as quiet and unassuming always as he may sound. Okay. Just most of the time. On with the show. You need more dead mouse. I'm with Tom on that one. On with the that show. That is my favorite kind of <laughs> mouse, a dead one. <laughs> but we move on. Yeah, we do. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Steve Oven, Cisco Scaramuza. You're listening to Motorsports Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Yep. We're going to talk some Xfinity racing right now, and we're going to do so with JD Motorsports rookie Vinny Miller, who 
Number one, I'm sure have to be a little optimistic after watching your teammate Ross Chastain go and run in the top 10 all day at Auto Club Speedway. But I'm curious your take because it seemed like as a whole, the entirety of JD Motorsports seemed to find a pretty comfortable place during Saturday's race. Yeah, um, you know, watching Ross run top 10 all day, that, that was really cool to watch. He, he drove a very good, very clean race. And then, you know, me and Garrett, we were we were pretty sporty, too. We're, we're on a little bit of a different tire budget. But with what we had, um, both of our cars, I think, were pretty sporty in the race. I'm happy that I came out clean. I got to run all the laps. I think Fontana is similar somewhat to Michigan. I talked to Justin Allgaier before the race, and he couldn't have explained it any better. Um, he said it's the line of Michigan with the grip and the bumps of Atlanta. And that, that wow, was, that's that, a nice way to put it. Yeah, that, that was very accurate. So knowing that going into it, you know, it, it drives a little bit different, but you're you're not on the throttle as much as you are at Michigan. And it, it was a fun track. Definitely, you know, being a rookie, it's it's uh, it's something to learn. I'm I'm learning on all these new tracks that I'm going to, and it, it's a blast. Teammate Matt Mills, he he had a little bit of a rough day. He was pretty sporty at the beginning of the day, and then I think he blew a tire. I was going to say, yeah, he blew yeah. a tire. It, it was pretty bad. It was Hit pretty it was shredded. Hard. Yeah. Grade your – well, I don't want to say grade your progress, but talk us through your progress now that we're kind of through the first two months of the season for the most part. You've got the whole West Coast swing under your belt, and as a rookie now, you've had a chance to experience just about every type of track. I mean, you've had – the Super Speedway at Daytona, you've had a track that kind of drives like a short track in Phoenix. You've had a couple of intermediates in Atlanta and Vegas, and then you mentioned Fontana's kind of its own animal. So where you know, where do you feel like your team and you as a driver are at now with the first five races under your belt? Um, I, I feel like uh, you know this is the strongest JD Motorsports has ever been in in a very long time, and I think the equipment right now is ahead of where I am as a driver. I have to learn all these new tracks. You know, Atlanta is definitely a different mile and a half from, like, Vegas or, like, I was on Chicago last year. Those are very – they're similar kind of in the way you drive them. Vegas is very fast. That was probably one of my favorite tracks I've been on so far this year. Phoenix I struggled with quite a bit. Um, it was a fun track to race on, though. Uh, and Daytona was a very fun track. Um, that's my second super speedway. I had a – super speedway race last year at Talladega in the trucks and that's what got me approved to do Daytona in the Xfinity car I would say my progress is I have a lot of learning to do but I think I've also learned a lot so far this year I'm ready to keep digging and moving forward with my team and have a great season so Vinny the the talk in the post-race press conference after the Xfinity race this weekend was it was Justin Allgaier and I want to say who else was with him uh, when they did post race, it might have been uh, might have been Hemrick, but they brought up the fact that they were starting to get a little bit sick of the Cup guys coming in. Now, not all of the garage area believes that. Robbie Lyons told us and said on social media that he enjoys having the Cup guys in there because he can learn from them. What's your opinion on that? Um, I I kind of go both ways on that. I think for rookies and younger drivers as myself, you know, coming up, if they didn't allow you know, three to four cup guys to race with us in Xfinity every week. That's four positions we can better ourselves. 
but it's also nice because it is cool to be able to get behind, you know, those veteran drivers, uh, learn their lines and maybe learn something that I'm not doing on the track that they're doing and pick up a 10th or so, um, on the next lap. It, I, I also understand that they need to be there, you know, to get the full field, to, to make it look like we have full field of cars every week. Which, for the most part, you guys have had. So I give I give the Xfinity I, Series some credit there. I'm not sure that would be true, honestly. I think you'd fill the field just fine without the Cup guys. I think that would make more room for more uh, guys coming up through the ranks to be able to get opportunities. But that's an ongoing debate that's I'm afraid is going to keep going for a while. I just, I mean, that race, honestly, for me on Saturday was painful because even though Algar was kind of there and maybe one or two other guys were kind of there. You never had the sense that Joey Logano, Jacob, was not going to win that race. It was a Joey Logano snoozer. Actually, the exact words I used Saturday night were Joey Logano benefit race. Yeah, but, you know, everybody was racing for second. (laughs) Yeah. More or less. I mean, and then, you know, you had obviously two of Junior's guys, Algar and Sadler, and then Justin Cup driver Dylan and Hemrick. So you had, at least I will say, you had, uh, out of the top five, you had three series regulars. Yeah. But again, if you take the two Cup guys out of it, now, you know, these those guys are battling for the win. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and Ross Chastain, instead of being on the very edge of the top ten, is between fifth and tenth now. You know, that's a big difference for a team like, your team, Vinny. Yes, of course. To be able to have those extra spots. So, you know, it's one of those debates that will go on forever. I'm not a fan of the Cup guys running the lower series, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I I, I lean more toward that side. I'm I'm not a huge fan of it, but like I said, it it can be beneficial to, you know, newer drivers to learn some things. Mm -hmm. Cisco, you want to jump in there? Yeah, I I actually had not other question this is kind of more uh team side things Vinny. but one of the other storylines so far this season has been the lower count in the cup series is uh is jd thinking about you know looking at the field there's a good chance that on some some of these weekends here if you guys were to bring in just a random cup car you guys would probably make the field has there been any talk about that um not that i have heard of um i heard there was a little bit of talk about it last year but i don't think it was ever legit or finalized or anything it's an interesting thought, though, guys, isn't it? I mean, well, when, it is. when you consider a team like JD that's built themselves in the Xfinity Series to be able to make that leap, I mean, Johnny's a smart businessman. He's not going to go about this the wrong way. And it, you know, if the timing's right, perhaps. Well, you know, you could see a one-off or two, I suppose, if if the sponsorship were right and they could do it in a way that made sense, right. then you do it. But just to show up with a cup car and sort of start and park and just go out and, you know, to me, it just, it just adds a lot of extra work to the deal to be able to pull that off. But it is a shame that we can't fill the field and cup anymore. I mean, I, I and I don't know where we're going with that, to be honest. Because well, my problem with that is that NASCAR has basically defined a full field as the 36 chartered Yeah, cars. which discourages new teams from trying to come in. Yeah. And, and the cost threshold makes it difficult yeah. when the charter cars are making so much more than the open cars on any given race weekend. Yeah. yeah plus, the you know, the startup cost of what a, it would be to start a cup team. 
and then be able to go and get in one of those 36 charter spots, you know, be competitive enough, mm-hmm. it, it would be a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just um, it's it's just really uh, amazing where it's come to because, yeah. you know, it wasn't but maybe a couple of years ago that we were looking at cars going home a lot. I mean, not necessarily a lot of cars, but some cars each race that right. were going home and you had to work to make the cup race. Now mm-hmm. you show up and you're in. Pretty much. Um you know, I don't know if that's good or not good for the future of the sport, to be frank. I'm not sure I agree with NASCAR's position that all we need is the charter cars. Yeah, I definitely disagree with NASCAR's position on that. Because you're basically taking, you know, a handful of cars and saying, okay, we don't care if you show up or not, mm-hmm. but if you only have 36 charter cars and that's all that's there – that's less seats for guys like Vinnie Miller as you right. try to come up through the ranks. Exactly. Less opportunity, which I think is why, to me, it's more important that we have the Xfinity Series be its own series so that more guys like Vinnie Miller can, you know, at least survive racing in the Xfinity Series until they finally get a shot at Cup. But Correct. But maybe that makes a little too much sense. <laughs> Logic? What's that? Yeah. There I go being logical again. Yeah, well, I want to get back to talking to Vinny about Let's do that. JD for a minute because I know you have not necessarily been with the team a long time, but we talk often on this program about the strides that JD Motorsports has made and what Johnny's done to really establish the team as basically the premier non-cup affiliated team in the series. I mean, what's the atmosphere like for you on a day when you're at the shop work you know helping the team on the cars and just everything that that goes on because i imagine you know without the cup affiliation in a way there's a lot of differences but i know the effort level is probably in a lot of cases more in some ways yeah i mean when when i'm down at the shop you know every single guy in the shop is working hard busting stuff out getting it done building new cars Johnny has really stepped it up this year. We have, uh, you know, some new cars being built. Um, I think we have a couple of Ganassi cars. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, between the West Coast Swing, a lot of the guys normally stay out there, but a lot of the guys were coming back to build up those newer cars. Wow. So we'll have some pretty sporty stuff for Texas. Not only do the guys work harder, um, I know they stay late on nights when they're prepping cars to go to the track that weekend. Right. And, you know, I don't know what – the kind of hours the Joe Gibbs guys and stuff work. But I, I know that our guys work very hard, um, long hours toward the end of the week. Being an independent team, I, th- I think it's cool because, you know, when we go out and we – like when we have a weekend like this for Ross to run up top ten with all the cup-affiliated teams. Absolutely. We don't have that, you know, that backing that Joe Gibbs has right. on their stuff. So that that's a big accomplishment for a smaller team like it's us. It's a statement race. Honestly. Yeah, Exactly. We're going to step aside. We'll have more with Vinny and continued NASCAR conversation right on the other side of this. You're listening to Motorsports Madness right here on the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift. 
and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. I'm Dalton Sargent, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. We're having fun. We hope you are. Tom's obviously having a little too much fun during the break, but hey. Steve and I were headbanging oh, to the reentry. Uh, don't hurt yourselves, hey, either of you. I think your death punch is a great band. <laughs> Some of us were shaking more hair than others. <laughs> well, I've only got five of them left, and I'm getting those cut tomorrow, so be down to about three and a half. All right. On that note, this is why we call it madness, because that's really what it is. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, 
Cisco Scaramuza, Steve Ovens, and our special guest for the first portion of this program, Vinny Miller. Tom, uh, before we uh, get back to talking to Vinny about the Xfinity Series, I want to discuss a uh, NASCAR news alert that basically the head honchos dropped this morning on Sirius XM that we are combining post-qualifying and pre-race inspection this weekend to A, save time, and B, hopefully get people to pass. Well, because last week, or this this past weekend at California... We had 13 teams that could... Yeah, that 13 qualify. teams, including some of the top drivers in the series. Not that it's the driver's fault, but 13 teams that could not qualify because they didn't pass first round inspection well, what was interesting about this is you have a track that eats tires like a cheese grater and so when you have 13 teams that don't qualify of course you have to start the race on the tires that you qualify on if you don't qualify that means your tires are basically sticker tires to start the race so you have another 22 or 23 teams whatever there were that got to qualify, then ended up putting laps in their tires. So NASCAR, in what I believe is an unprecedented move, said, well, we've got to do something to actually level the playing field. Ding. So they allowed the teams that had qualified and had laps on their tires the option to purchase a new set of tires so they could start on a set of stickers the same way the 13 teams who didn't pass qualifying we're going to mm -hmm. now the thing about this is i guess there was some speculation as to whether these teams did this on purpose i don't know really anything about that but let's just say that it was kind of embarrassing and i don't understand why i mean i understand we have the new hawkeye and whatever but these teams ought to be able to bring a legal car to the racetrack thank you i mean i just i don't get it these are supposed to be the best in the business. And, you know, I can understand maybe a team that's fairly new or, you know, lower buck team that maybe just, but when, when you're Hendrick Motorsports or you're, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing or whatever, you know, the top teams, supposedly, supposedly the, the best in the sport and you can't pass tech, something is drastically wrong. And Shenanigans. so, yeah, I mean, if that's, I, look, I'm, I don't know if that's what it was. So I'm not going to go there if it was, you know, I, I've always thought that if you if you go through tech three times and you can't pass, you just tell the team to go home I, and, I'll, you know, I'll get the hate mail for that. But the bottom line is, look, if you can't pass after three times, get out. I mean, it, it, we we've got to stop playing these tolerances to the point where we fail inspection because it's just it and it takes away from qualifying for the fans, too. In my opinion, yes. you know, this is supposed you're supposed to be putting on a show for the fans and you're not entertaining anybody when you're stuck in tech because you play too close to the vest and can't pass. Now, maybe there are some issues with the Hawkeye. And if that's the case, that's on NASCAR and NASCAR needs to get them fixed. But, you know, I, I just think, uh, you know, I, I think you need to, to basically be very swift and harsh and severe uh, on these teams, especially if they're kind of repeat offenders. And it seems to me like 13 teams at one racetrack is a bit much. Yes. 
Well, I mean, it's not the first time we've seen that many teams. No, wasn't it Atlanta last year where we had like half the field? Or I, I'm trying. To, I was trying to remember earlier. I think there was one I, track early in the year last year, but that was. I we were still say, new with the. Uh, I want to say it was actually Charlotte. It was qualifying before the 600. Where was we it? had so I many. No, I think it was issues. earlier in the season than that. Was it? Maybe I it thought. Was Atlanta. But I mean, you know, we, we had were, inspection issues at Charlotte last year too. We did. In fact, well, Kyle Larson had inspection issues. I don't know how many times <laughs> last year. Yeah. You know, that's an example. It's like, come on, what's so, the deal here? By the way. Addendum to the uh, inspection conversation here, and this is something that we can talk to Vinny about because it was first discussed in the Xfinity Drivers Meeting on Saturday at Fontana. The uh, the quick hand of NASCAR came down and slapped everybody and said, okay, if you don't qualify, not only do you start at the back, but you have a pass-through penalty once the green flag falls too. And I don't care what track you're at. You're going at least one lap down at that point, Vinny, if not two or, heck, at a short track, it could be as many as three laps down at maybe somebody like Martinsville or Bristol. So NASCAR's cracking down. They want these teams to do it right. They want everybody to do it right here. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, like, like Tom said, we're there to entertain the fans and do what we do, which is, love, you know, drive race cars. So I think – that is a fair rule because I think teams should have to qualify if they're in their spot in the field. I think you're, I think it's stupid to not qualify as a driver because why would you not qualify and start in the back when you you know you might have the potential to qualify twentieth and start already halfway through the field. Well, theory being that you know four or five hundred miles or whatever, I guess you know in in, in the Cup Series case anyway, four or five hundred miles or whatever is more than enough to. Uh, you know, to get through the field. So what's the difference? But like I said, I don't know that that was shenanigans. And I understand crew chiefs want to play it close. I get it. But Steve, I, I just think it's time that whatever the problems are, we got to fix them because yeah. that was a little bit much, steve Can I ask a question, guys? Maybe Absolutely. you guys can help me understand this better. We're actually going to change the procedure this weekend to help make sure these cars get through inspection. Yeah. Like they should the, the car should be right. Like am I hearing this right? We're we're going to change the inspection process so that the cars make it through inspection. That's the team's job to make sure that that car gets through inspection. Well, what, but- what is but Cisco, I I think the point of this is, if you're getting rid of one tech inspection, which I happen to think is a good thing, and I think the teams probably will too. Basically, you got one shot to get it right. There is no second set of tech for everybody. To quote Alan Gustafson from uh, Motorsport.com, you can be conservative and get through inspection, but you might not run very good in the race, and that's not good for my job security. Well then. So if you've got a borderline well, cheat to get to the front of the field, then, you know. I think it's proof that everybody's pushing tolerances. I mean, is, is, so are we, uh, should, should we assume then that, that uh, Chad and Jimmy are being conservative? Because they haven't been running very well. I call that a Chevy issue, not a Brad and Jimmy if issue. If they're not, it, it, it was I'd a hate joke, to see but... what conservative is, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> if if yeah. they're not, I'd hate to see what it is. But well, hey, I, I think my point, guys, here is is I'm 
as as you know, not only a, a media person but as a fan, I'm getting super frustrated with the fact that the story every week is tech, and we're always waiting with bated breath. Right here at this West Coast right. swing, we're waiting for Wednesday or Thursday to find out if there's going to be any penalties. Yeah. We're going to Martinsville. I want to talk about Martinsville. We're going short track racing, and and that's not entirely the story for for right. so far this week. And that's that's what's frustrating for a fan and and as somebody who's a member of the media. Yeah, and I think NASCAR understands that. That's why they're trying to take these measures to help Correct. eliminate the issues and get the teams going here because it is getting ridiculous. It is now. Last question for Vinny uh, before in our next segment we'll actually trans, uh, transition to a live guest and uh, grab Derek Krause, K&N West winner, on the race. Wait, Chaser don't we have – isn't Vinny a live guest? Is Vinny dead? Another live guest. I mean, no, I'm alive. Okay, <laughs> just checking. I mean – Xfinity's driver found dead at yeah. Studios. <laughs> okay. We still haven't asked him why he's called Snake Dr. Tamer. We'll Gray, get to that Race later. City USA. Dr. Gray to Race City USA. <laughs> Try that again, well, Jacob. Yeah, I'll try that again. And I, I guess now it's officially a show because Jacob's been raked over the coals once. Absolutely. Um, so, Vinny, two questions then. Number one, why why were you called Snake Tamer? Because as you told us before the show, that's now a little bit different. And number two, what's your outlook? Uh, you have a week off here or a couple weeks off here for Martinsville and then Easter. But uh, what's your outlook going into Texas? Well, let's let's do the racing stuff first, then we'll get into the, the snakes. Well, I've got like you said, we got two weeks off. Um I'm I'm pretty excited to go to Texas, you know, it's it's another quad oval. So I'm I'm excited to, you know, get on another one of those. This is my first year I've ever been on one, so it's kinda of something new that I'm you know, I'm learning to drive them. So the more experience I can get on them, the better off I'm gonna be. I think Texas will be a little bit more gripped up than Atlanta, so that that'll be good for me. I've watched I've already started watching film and playing on my racing simulator, getting ready for it. Um, you know, I'll talk to my teammates and get info on it and just learn as much as I can. And, you know, going into it, I'm hoping that I'll just keep doing what I've been doing all year and improving and making my team proud and happy and I know they'll stand right behind me and keep giving me good cars. So I'm I'm pretty excited for it. I imagine you should be excited now on the subject of snakes or the lack thereof. Yep. So I've always been into reptiles. I like reptiles. I think they're really cool. So I, uh, it's kind of a hobby of mine and I bought some snakes over the winter and I brought a couple down to the shop one day and Johnny wasn't too fond of that. Neither were a lot of the crew guys. So we, uh, whenever I went down there one day, my car chief, Ryan Bell, was like, hey, come here. You got to check this out. He brings me in the hauler, and up on my uh, my locker, my label is Snake Tamer because I had 11 snakes. And I sold all them off because, you know, it's kind of hard to take care of them when I travel so much and all that. Definitely something I'm not going to just get out of. I still have reptiles. I have a uh, Savannah monitor now, and I got him last week, and I named him Dave. Dave. Yep, Dave. <laughs> now, what is a Savannah it's like a desert lizard kind of. It's like a mini Komodo dragon. They're, they're pretty cool. They're, they stay really tame. A lot of monitors don't. So, you know, I can throw them over my shoulder like a puppy dog once he gets bigger. 
and that's where the name Dave came from because, <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd expect wow. a cool name like Tank or Beast or something and not Dave whenever you see a big reptile over your shoulder. Okay, so real quick because we're a little over time for the segment, but give a quick shout-out to your sponsor because I know that uh, without Tony, you are not yes. doing what you're doing. No, without Tony, I would not be doing what I'm doing. So <clears throat> on that note, we're going to say thanks to JS Expedited Trucking for coming on board this year and picking up every race as a associate sponsor, and I believe he has 13 as a main sponsor. Awesome. So JS Expedited Trucking. JS.NW, I believe it is, is his website. So if any truckers are listening and they need a job, I know he's always hiring, and he is more than happy to train, I believe, if you are wanting to get into trucking. And I'd also like to thank my um, family company, Master Manufacturing, for also funding a little bit of my racing. Well, it's always fun anytime we can get a JD Motorsports driver on this program, and especially Absolutely. in the building. So, uh, I, I believe we're going to continue to follow suit here in the weeks to come, and uh, have Vinny's teammates. But you get to be the first one, so uh, we're glad uh, that you came and sat down with us for a while here, and uh, definitely look forward to uh, seeing you get back on track here in a couple of weeks. Definitely looking forward to getting back on track. It kills me being out of the seat for two weeks, but. Thanks for having me on the show, and I'm hoping that I'll be invited back at some point in time. Absolutely. You have an open invitation. All right, so we're going to put our producer, Bill Holt, from Carolina School of Broadcasting to work now because we're going to go to break, and he's going to fish up Derek Krause, who won the K&M Pro Series West Race last week at Kern County Raceway Park. So you'll hear from Derek when we come back to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, post it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. 
Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Let's throw the green for Open Wheel Central on Motorsports Madness. Now back to the roundtable and Jacob Seelman. Or Tom Baker in this case. Uh, welcome back to Motorsports Madness here on a Monday night on the Performance Motorsports Network. Tom Baker, the aforementioned Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, Stephen Ovens, and of course Bill, that would be Bill Holt, behind the glass punching all the buttons from the Carolina School of Broadcasting. And we are headed to the race chaser bat phone right now where Derek Krause awaits. So without further ado, let's bring him out of the pits. Let him go full throttle with us here on the madness. Derek, welcome to the program and congratulations on a win that got a lot more attention than some probably thought it might have because you came into contact with a certain Kevin Harvick and uh, kind of, well, let's just say there was contact and uh, he lost and you won, which for you is a good thing. So uh, welcome back to the show and uh, talk a little bit about that exciting series opening win at Kern County Raceway Park last Thursday. Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me. It was definitely definitely exciting race, definitely exciting finish. I mean, Jordan three and four, I mean, we are side by side, and I thought we were three wide because Spire called me three wide, and then I guess he might he must have backed out, and I just feel like I got pinched a little bit answering three, and that kind of got in his left rear tire, and I got sideways, and just uh, I saved it kind of off of there. I saved it, or I was sliding up the hill, and I got into him more. I mean, some people have their opinion, some people have a good opinion, some people have a bad opinion on it. It depends on what side you're on, but that definitely wasn't the definitely wasn't the plan going into turn three and I mean I guess I mean turns out I won he finished four so at least he ended up in higher and higher finishing order yeah well Kevin uh, said he got run over but uh you know I guess that would be perhaps his opinion but you certainly ran a good race uh you've got a very good situation for this season and I'm sure coming out of that first race with a win is a great confidence boost for you yeah, for sure. I mean, even momentum and confidence. I mean, you can go into the next race, and I'm sure BMR will be a great car, great number 16 Toyota Camry. And this, hopefully this year we can unload like we did last year really good, and that, that, that really helps the whole weekend out because if you unload and you're, you're, you're struggling, it's really hard to get the good car at, at the race, get a good car at the racetrack. So hopefully we can unload really good like we did last year and just, Build off last year, and what I what I remember from the racetracks and the crew getting used to me again this year. Okay, Derek, I want to back up to Thursday night for a minute because I'm curious. So they were calling it the shot heard round the world when you got into uh, Kevin, and I want to know how many people you've heard from, or how many people have messaged you about the contact on social media. How many people would you have thought of, or would you not have thought of that you'd have heard from have reached out to you in light of uh, winning the way you did? Yeah, I mean, I saw that too on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it was on that. 
it was a shot heard around the world or I mean that's you know, it's a little different but like you said, they're all, they're saying how Kevin he fell back to like ninth or something and couldn't get his way back up there. But I I also fell back to sixth and I had to pass all the Sunrise Ford cars and I had to get by everyone just as many cars he did just to get to fourth and I got the lead back. So we really we definitely had a really good car. I mean I knew that going into the weekend we missed it a little bit on qualifying, but I mean that I'm really not the best qualifier out there. I'm really not very good at qualifying in general. So, I mean, that was a little bit of part of it. And just the race, I knew the car was going to come alive in the race, and that's definitely what it did. What was it like once you uh, had fallen back, driving back, having to drive back through the field, and then uh, catching your teammate in traffic there at the end? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you get, you get once that happens, you get in that, situation where you just it's on a huge adrenaline rush and you like at first I was like I saw Cole he was I mean he was way out there and I was fifth I had passed Will Rogers and both the Sunrise Ford cars I knew they were going to get hard going to be hard to pass just because of lap traffic and they had pretty good cars so I mean once I saw him way out there I mean I thought the race was going to get be over and I thought just to get to second would be good and then we got going a little bit and there was only, there's what, 35 laps to go, maybe? I think there was 35 to go. And that's when I started, I got on the outside of a wheel right away, and I got by him, and then I just got like an adrenaline rush, and I just put my head down, and I just dig as hard as I could. And then I knew the lap cars were going to play a big role in, into the finish of the race. And unfortunately, he caught the lap car at the wrong time, entering three and four it. I mean, he went low, and the guy blocked low, and then Cole went high, and the guy blocked high. I mean, Cole did nothing wrong. I mean, he was trying to do his best, but the lap car just got in his way, and that, that's how he got by him. What kind of a shot in the arm is this for you to <laughs> basically look at the rest of your season at, at now and go, not only did we open the season with a win, but we beat Kevin Harvick. Is this the start? Is this moment in time the start of a championship run? I I mean it's it's really in the early in the season to talk about the championship run. I mean if we can if we do our part at the racetrack every week, go out and finish top three, get the win as much as we can. I mean the points points will follow follow behind us and hopefully we can get get that championship. But I'm I'm really really looking forward to the rest of the season and how it will turn out and how our car will be at the different racetracks. I'm really excited to go to Gateway. The first time, I think that's the first time the K&N cars are there, and hopefully we'll have a really good car there. I race there in a Super late model, which I know I know will be way different, but at least I have laps there at least. And then the dirt race, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm nervous slash excited for that one, too. I mean, it'll be definitely different. I mean, the closest I've been to that is, Running a razor in the backyard, find that thing sideways. But it'll be, it'll be really fun, I'm sure. Well, I, it's it's going to be fun. I think it's also going to be a big deal. I mean, Kevin came back to Fontana over the weekend and said he uh, he's heard that there could be as many as 50 or 60 cars trying to make that race. So that that could be one of those where it's a good thing you're in good points position because it could be tough just to make the field for that race. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, if there's 50 or 60 cars, that'll be a lot. Like Derek Thorne said, I mean, he 
told we told my dad this after the race. I mean, the the championship will pretty much be a big role in the championship. Will be the the Sonoma race and then the dirt race, just because they get a lot of cars to turn out there. And I'm sure Gateway and Iowa will be a big part of it too. And I'm really confident going into Gateway. We got or not Gateway Iowa. We got the pull at Iowa last year. So hopefully we can build off of that and then get a really good finish this year. Looking at where the series is right now, and you actually mentioned uh, the Sunrise Ford cars earlier when you were talking about having to come back through the field. To have those two cars with two drivers that know how to win races and win championships, to have two teammates that we know are going to be challenging you for race wins at some point this season, and I think sooner rather than later, the depth of competition in the West Series is growing once again in a way that I don't think we've seen in a few years. I mean, how tough do you feel like this series is right now compared to where it was as a rookie last year? Because I feel like a lot more cars came out of the box really strong this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, last year, Julia and Michael Self were there, and I mean, they, they're both great drivers. And I think Sunrise 4 is a team, I think they put their heads down over this winter aiming at us at BMR and trying to get trying to beat us and knock us off to get to get their championship. I mean, that's really good. I mean, JPR also they got they got they had like they had four cars there actually and they had four really good cars and it just shows how hard everyone works on the West Coast. I mean people people are always saying like the West Coast is easier than the East Coast, but really I mean it's not. I mean we, we bring last year we brought at least twenty cars a race and that that's really good for West Coast racing. At 16, Derek, I mean, you're still one of the youngest uh, drivers in this field. Do you stop and just look at this and marvel at the kind of things you're doing at this level at such a young age? I mean, a few years ago, we weren't necessarily talking about teenagers being the face of the K&N Pro Series, and yet now it seems like everywhere we look, uh, it's you know it's you, it's guys like Ben Rhodes and William Byron from a few years ago. I mean, now your age group has really become what the K&N Pro Series is all about. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely it's humbling. Just to, like at school, I'll sit back and think. I mean. I mean, I'm living. I'm living what I want to do. I'm living my dream right now. I'm racing, racing the Canyon West Series, and I'm back at home in the late model. I mean, one few years ago, my dad went to race the CRA race at IRP, and they wouldn't let me in the pits because I was 14 years old, and there, my dad was all confused. He, I couldn't get in the pits, but he's racing against John Hunter, that's 14 years old, and that's that's kind of funny just just to think about. It. I mean, a few years ago, you you never see a 14-year-old, like you saw Carson Holstefar this weekend at the Rattler, you never see that in a late model, and that, that's that's really good, I think, for the youth movement, just to get move up in the NASCAR ranks and show what we got. Now, you said when I'm in when I'm in school, I sit back and think. Aren't you supposed to be doing schoolwork in school? Oh, yeah, but there's study halls. Oh, study halls. <laughs> oh okay, so you only daydream during study hall. That's your yeah. story, and you're yeah. sticking to it, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we let you go, Derek, you know how we roll, and we always want to give you a shot to uh, say thank you to all the people and supporters that help make it happen. So uh, sponsors, family, who makes it happen for Derek Krause? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm a Canon Canon side. I mean, Napa Auto Parts, Toyota, and Bill McAnally Racing, and uh, Wounded Warriors. That's that's big big part in my Canon side. And then Super Late Model, yeah, B and K Trucking, Fanati, Sorber Cab Franchise, uh, Stratford Sign, and Kuya Buying Custom. I mean, if it wasn't for them and my family, my mom and dad, my grandma, grandpa, if it wasn't for them, I mean, we wouldn't be able to be doing this what I am right now. So. Yeah, I owe a lot, a lot of it to them. Well, it's always fun anytime we can get you on the show to talk with us for a few minutes, Derek. And uh, definitely have enjoyed uh, seeing you kind of have an early breakout this season. Congratulations again on a big win at Kern County. And uh, I know uh, we'll look forward to seeing you get back on track and uh, try to go for two in a row here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. I'm really looking. Actually, Bristol will be my next race, so I'm really looking forward to that. It'll be my first time there. Hopefully we have good success there. So he'll be back with the East Series at Bristol coming up next month, April 14th for the Zombie Auto 150. That's Derek Krause, and we are going to step aside for a brief moment. The cross flags are up, but when we come back, the second half of Motorsports Madness rolls on. You're listening to PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. (laughs) My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. 
When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hide the kids. It's time to get dirty with the Race Chaser Online crew. Here's your host, Jacob Seelman, with Turn 5 Live's curator of Casa de Porkchop, Stephen Evans. Hey, that means it's time to talk dirt track stuff on the madness, which usually tends to get Steve all wound up and excited, and we have fun during this portion of the show. We do. We do. You're listening to Motorsports Madness, and right now, the leader of the discussion is going to be our resident Dr. Dirt, Steve Ovens. Well, Steve-O, we now have had a a good handful of World of Outlaws Craftsman Sprint Car Series races to start the year. I believe uh, it's a handful and a half because we've had seven. And we have now had three first-time winners in seven races this season. We started with Sheldon Haudenshield. We added Aaron Reitzel. And who would have done thought that we were going to put Roth Motorsports and Corey Eliason on the board during this weekend's Stockton Dirt Track event Saturday night? And, oh, by the way, he led all 30 laps to do it, too. Oh, he absolutely did. And, uh, you know, his quote was awesome. If feels great to finally get an outlaw win and when you think about the fact that he not only got the outlaw win but he got an outlaw win at home that just makes it that much more special uh for for him and and certainly for roth motorsports to get back into victory lane and you know for all the rain that we've had recently in california and out on the west coast swing here for the outlaws what a great story for the one race that we've gotten in here in the last two weekends <laughs> uh, to see Corey Eliason in victory lane. Um, it wasn't without uh, some hairy moments, we'll say, yeah. uh, i.e. lap 24 uh, when uh, he caught a rut and, and bobbled pretty good. But, um, you know, fortunately caught a caution just about at the same time and was able to hold on and, and get that outlaw win and, uh, I, I have to imagine that, you know, that was, you know, not a shock for that team, but maybe a shock for the combination of driver and team, Jacob. I would buy that. You know, Roth Motorsports has not necessarily been a name on the tip of everybody's tongue since uh, they stopped full-time on the tour after uh, a couple of years ago when Joey Saldana Uh, left the team, but they've still been quite the force out in California. Kyle Hurst picked up a win for them with the Outlaws last fall at the Gold Cup, and now to see Corey Eliason not only pick up his first Outlaws win, but Steve, Kyle Larson had a very interesting point in regards to this. Corey Eliason and Roth Motorsports are well inside the top 10 in points, to which Kyle Larson fires the shot on Twitter, 
Hey, Roth Motorsports, maybe it's time to go full-time again. No, no, no obvious hint, hint there or anything. Well, I, I'll be honest with you, Jacob. I was surprised that Kyle Larson made those comments because it was his driver in this same race who scored his first podium finish of 2018. And yet and, Shane Stewart is you know, still fourth in points. Right. But they don't need teams that are going out and getting wins, uh, you know, announcing to go full time. I mean, that might not uh, that might not serve them very well. So but, uh, can I tell you something really crazy? Go for it. <laughs> how, how about this? And this is going to be where I call World Racing Group headquarters tomorrow morning and go. So is there something coming that I'm not uh, sure you guys have mentioned yet? Because all of the full-time teams are notated in the World of Outlaws Craftsman Sprint Car Series team points by twin capital Ds next to their car number in the owner point standings. Interesting to note that during the Monday morning points update on WooSprint.com, all of a sudden, that particular marker next to the Roth Motorsports 83, which currently sits 8th in points. I'm not saying anything. Well, I actually am saying anything. There may, Steve, have been a contract signed after that win Saturday night. So maybe Kyle Larson was actually spoiling, uh, basically jumping the shark. <laughs> Either that or Kyle Larson said it, and maybe they thought to themselves, yeah, this is a good idea. <laughs> Can we get uh, – this is by our, uh, Kyle Larson reporting for ESPN <laughs> here. <laughs> breaking, breaking news alert. Yeah. Uh, so how crazy, but, but how crazy about, is that, though? No, it, it is. It's great. I, I mean, it's a, it's a good story, and, and you talk about good stories, Jacob. Look at our top five from the other night. Corey Eliason gets the win. Ian Madsen second. Shane Stewart is first podium finish of 2018. Carson Macedo finishes fourth. For and Carlton, Tim yeah. Make, and Tim Kading makes a fool of me <laughs> and finishes fifth in the Jason Side 7S. So, I mean, a, a top five that was pretty impressive. Not, you know... Not uh, every week household names that that you would put in the top five, m minus maybe Shane Stewart. But um, you know, I, I was impressed with with the the parody in the top five. It was good parody. It's the par It's the kind of parody that the outlaws really have needed. I feel like Tom, this is great for for the series. It's yes. great to see new names up front. And like Kyle Hurst said in an interview I did with him uh, a week or so ago, Steve, it's great to see California holding its own against the Outlaws. This is a state that, for the most part is now starting to be treated like Pennsylvania. When you go to the Golden State, you're not just going to walk in as an outlaw and walk out as a winner. That's not how it works anymore. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, the, the level of competition, you know, out west with, with all the, the varying series and, and tracks on a weekly basis that they, these guys compete at, uh, you know, I think that right now, in terms of 410 sprint car racing, 
I mean, no matter what region, whether you're on the West Coast, on the East Coast, Central PA, the the Midwest, the Plain, wherever you are, you know, I think that the competition, like you can't walk in. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Donnie Schatz. Donnie Schatz walked in there the other night and finished 14th. So, uh-huh. you know, you I don't care who you are. You're not just going to walk into any of these, you know, home turf, so to speak, for these guys. And, and just go in and clean house. It, it's not going to happen. But Let's notate real quick that the uh, Placerville Short Track Showdown that Brad Sweet puts on that was scheduled for Wednesday night of this week has been postponed to the Outlaws Fall West Coast Swing when they come back in September because it's rained a lot in California this month. We are going to try it Friday night at Ocean Speedway and Saturday at Bakersfield Speedway to close out the California portion of the West Coast Swing. Steve, but back on the East Coast, there was a little thing that happened at Georgetown Speedway over the weekend, too. Yeah, there sure was. Uh, It was opening, uh, it was the 2018 season opener for uh, Georgetown Speedway. And uh, I tell you, Brett Deo has absolutely hit it out of the park with Georgetown. Uh, that has become uh, a, a place that you just need to go to if you're a dirt modified fan, a late model fan. Uh, they do a lot of great things there. And uh, it was the opening round of the uh, South region for the Short Track Super Series. And defending champion Ryan Watt passed Matt Shepard. Wait, to get wait, the win. Yes, wait. let that sink in for a <laughs> wow. second. That happened? Flying Ryan Watt, working lap traffic, drove around the outside of Matt Shepard like he was screwed to the ground. <laughs> to get, Unbelievable. To, wow. to get the victory. But, but I will say this. Ryan Watt, I'm not taking anything away from the win, but I'll tell you, Matt Shepard did not have any friends in lap traffic no. on Saturday night. Uh, several issues coming, you know, at one point got into a lap car that just, you know, just, just couldn't shake him while he was running second. Then while running the lead had two lap cars racing each other right in front of the leader. Uh, I don't know if they just, if they didn't get the move over flag, if they didn't, you know, uh, if they saw it and didn't adhere to it or what the case may be, Shepard gets bottled up on the bottom of three and four with four laps to go. And here comes Ryan Watt with a head full of steam. I don't think he backed off through turns three and four the way he drove around all three of those cars to take the lead and take the win. And in a uh, in a night before uh, the the short track super series, they had a small block modified race, and old CVD Craig Van Doren got the win there on Friday night at Georgetown. So a great way for Brett Dayo to open up the short track super series season as well as the season at georgetown and with that we are going to step aside to a commercial break when we return we're going to have another special guest on tonight's program as female sprint car racer and soon to be empire super sprints full-timer kelly hebing joins the program live you're listening to motorsports madness and we're back after this on the performance motorsports network 
You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> my mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the madness. Here on the Performance Motorsports Network, Jacob Seelman alongside Tom Baker in the Race City USA PMN studios here in Mooresville, North Carolina, joined via the Race Chaser Skype line by Steve Ovens and Cisco Scaramuza. And now, as we go back to the phone lines, joined by our third and final special guest of the evening who has recently announced that she will be tackling the Lucas Oil Empire Super Sprints Tour as a full-timer in 2018, becoming the first full-time female driver on tour with ESS since Jessica Zemkin in 2006. Kelly Heeming, Lil Cobra, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, I, I, I want to ask this, and then I'll let Steve jump in and kind of commandeer the ship a little bit, but talk about what uh, what pulled all this together and what really gave you the shove to go after ESS full-time in 2018, because I know for, for you as a racer, not only is this a big step for your career, but it's a big commitment for this year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've grown up with the ESS club and traveling with Dad and Jeff Cook and that side of the family and I I knew everyone and I knew that's kind of where I wanted to be eventually 
and I got hooked up with Golden Triangle Fire Protection out of Denton, Texas, and Steve Knack, and he's really the one who helped me take this step in my career, and I'm looking forward to having a lot of fun with the guys on the tour. Kelly, this is something that, you know, I I appreciate the way you guys have approached this. You know, I think it would have been so easy for somebody like yourself who's grown up with this sport, especially this division in, in auto racing, with all the success that, that your dad has had, you know, I think it would have been so easy to just throw you in and kind of throw you to the wolves and, and, and really, you know, trial by fire kind of situation. But you guys have really taken the approach of not moving up too quickly and getting the experience that you need before you've, you know, went to the 305, then you went to the 360, and now have finally come to the point now where you're ready to go full-time on the tour. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see it in all sides of motorsports, you know, people moving up too soon and stuff, and that was was kind of always our thing, always Dad's thing, that I wasn't going anywhere until I was ready, and, you know, I got my butt kicked plenty of times with the 305 till we got a win, and then we brought the 305 against the 360 guys just to get used to the mentality of the 360 racers. And last year we started to dip our toes in the 360 races. And, I mean, I held my own just not being in the way and stuff like that. And then we, by the end of the season, we started having some really good runs. So we felt like it all came together at the right time. I mean, having the people behind me and the gears in the seat of a big sprint car, I'll call it, it, it just seems right, hopefully. We'll see. Was there a moment last year, was there a race or was there a track where you felt like, okay, I'm ready for this. I think that we're ready to take that step. Um, I'd probably have to call it Ransomville with the Patriots when we led half the race there. And uh, I only didn't win that race because of driver error being a rookie, you know, and I really felt like, that race said a lot for me and my self-confidence. And then the next night we went over to Fulton and we had another top 10 run against the same guys. And it just felt like we were consistently running well. And I really think that's when the light bulb kind of came off and said, hey, we can do this by ourselves. I mean, that is, and for folks that are listening tonight, if you've not been to Ransomville or if you've never seen Ransomville, I can tell you, not an easy place to negotiate a 360 sprint car, much less a dirt modified, which they run there weekly. Uh, and, and that was an impressive run. And, and Kelly, for, you know, for your team, that was big because that was a televised race. So, you know, a lot of promotional opportunity there too, out of that one. Yeah. Between the both, uh, both clubs there, the Patriots and ESS, it's been cool how much coverage they've been given upstate New York and local local 360 stuff i think it's really helping both clubs grow and really helping the awareness of 360s in our area and it's 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 cool to be a part of that kelly uh for those in our audience who may not know uh, your family's history in the northeast sprint car scene talk a little bit about uh what it mean? I mean, your this is not uh, your first rodeo by any means in the sprint car world, and uh, you are not the first generation of your family to be involved in the sport. Uh, talk about what it means now, uh, not only from a history standpoint, but uh, to be continuing that legacy on that your dad started. 
Oh, man. Well, I went to my first race when I was three and a half weeks old. My family brought me over to the Moody Mile for Dirt Week. So it's been something that's literally all I've ever done. And to be following what Dad's laid down is is a cool deal for me. I mean, he's ran both clubs since 2004 when he got hooked up with R.C. Fago. And ever since, I mean, April through November, we've been sprint car racing. So it's kind of all I've ever known, and it was just what I was going to do. My mom probably wishes I stuck with horses, but <laughs> the race cars is what we got. Yeah, Kelly, I, I remember when you were still in the in the 305 car and all those conversations we'd had with your mom about, you know, how she, you know, not only you've progressed as a driver, but, you know, she's progressed uh, from the nerves, too, because it, it's been quite, you know, unnerving to for her to see you out there. But, you know, something that came up uh, during Motorsports Expo a couple weekends ago was a really intriguing stat and and something that we wanted to touch on tonight because this is, you know, this is something that you've done right along in your career. You know, you have, you know, you've moved up when you've been ready to move up, but you've also been a trailblazer in, in, in our sport because, you know, you have embraced the role of being a female racer in a male dominated sport. And for the first time in 12 years, there will be a female sprint car driver chasing the Empire Super Sprints Tour in 2018. So, you know, I know that um, it's probably easy for outside of motorsports media folks to, to, you know, cling on to that. But I got to imagine that that's something that is important to you. and, And you've really embraced that throughout your career. Absolutely. I mean, when I was little, Jessica Zumpkin was was the only female that I knew growing up racing. You know, I, I missed the days of Aaron Crocker and stuff like that. And so Jess was the only one I knew. And it's it's a cool stat to be a part of that, you know, that somewhere in the stands, there's one little girl somewhere that races a mic rod somewhere. And she looks at me like I do Jessica back in the day, you know. And it's it's a cool feeling to be that one female, to uh to give it a shot again. And, and that's something that you know over the course of your career, you know we've had opportunities to talk and and write stories about. I mean, I even I know from my local track at, at Woodhall Raceway, you know when when you come over, I believe we had you and Joe both come over for an autograph session. The line, Tom and Jacob, the line was all the way to the concession stand of little kids and and young girls wanting to meet Kelly. And and, and I just think that, you know, for all the discussion that has happened in the last week about grassroots racing and and short track racing, you know, it's these kind of things that, that, you know, Kelly, you have done over the course of your career, your, your short career here so far that is going to make a big impact. And it might not be today or tomorrow, but it, it could be five years down the road. Absolutely. And I think that's why I cling on to that stuff as much as I can between the car shows and the impromptu autograph sessions and stuff like that, because that's what I remember going with Dad. I mean, people were in line for Dad, but he was my dad, so I didn't see what the buzz was about. I was <laughs> down a couple trailers looking at everybody else. So it's it's cool in the sense where P- 
people are coming up to me, and I remember being that same person looking for a sticker or a picture or an autograph card and just having that moment with a driver. So I really take to that. Well, you know, you're so well-spoken, Kelly, and honestly, you're you're a tremendous credit to yourself and to the sport, the way that you carry yourself and the way that you handle yourself. Um, and I know that it's important to you to be that role model for younger females who may want to be a part of the sport. What do you think is going to be your biggest challenge this year stepping into the ESS tour full-time? Um, I'd have to say just sticking with it. I mean, the competition level, there's any given guy or any given driver now, I guess, can can win. There's 10 guys that can win any single night, and I just think finding my rhythm in that, knowing you're going up against, it's not just one or two guys to beat, it's a whole field that you need to beat out. And I mean, I'm nowhere near saying I'm going for the championship this year, but knocking off a top 10 and top fives against this group of guys, I think would be a real accomplishment for the first year on the road. I was going to ask you if you had set any goals for yourself, but that sounds reasonable. Just trying to finish races first and then, you know, obviously being consistent And that's always when you're doing something new like this, you take a step up to the next level. You want to start off by rowing it in the trailer every night as many times as you can cleanly because that's how you get the laps, right, in the seat time that you need to get more and more competitive as you go. And, you know, this is really going to be something quite different for you, but I really believe that you're up to the challenge. Absolutely. I think... I think the biggest thing is, like you said, getting through the full 34 or 35 races that are on the schedule. And I think that's accomplishment in itself for anybody on the tour, let alone the guys who are winning every single night. So I think our first check mark is to be, like you said, rolling it in the trailer at the end of the night and staying out of trouble and then start clicking off some good finishes and just being consistent and getting through the year. That's it. Kelly, before we let you go, I know you were talking about it a little earlier, but we want to give you another shot to give a shout-out to the sponsors and uh, other family and supporters that are making it possible for you to go on the road even more this year. So talk about who makes it happen for Kelly Heaving. i got to thank Golden Triangle Fire Protection out of Texas, uh, Mohawk Northeast. They've been huge. SUNY Canton, LNJ Landscaping, Tony Stewart Racing, and uh, PXP Racewear, they've been, all of them have had my back since the start, so it's been cool. And uh, my dad and my mom here, and the guys in the shop, it's, I really enjoy it because it keeps, it's a whole family atmosphere and friends atmosphere, and that's what keeps it fun too. Even the guys on the tour, there's any given night, you can have five teams in one hauler hanging out after the races, and I think that's what has me looking forward to this season is having fun and clicking off some good finishes and being with everyone. Well, uh, we're excited for you and uh, glad you were able to stop by here on PMN to chat with us for a few minutes. Kelly, best of luck, and uh, we'll hope to get you back on later this season to talk about some success. Absolutely. I thank you guys for having me. That is Kelly Hebing, and we're going to go ahead and take another break and continue with Motorsports Madness in just a few moments. You're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. We'll be right back. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. 
High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to PMN. Jacob Seelman alongside Tom Baker, Steve Ovens, and Cisco Scaramuza. Talking racing, and as it sits, going to shift into kind of a conglomeration. I think this is what you would call potpourri wow. and jeopardy. Conglomeration and potpourri in the same sentence. That's like a double word score in Scrabble. Yes. Wow. I guess the T would be where you would have to join those for the double word score, too. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Anyway, so let's talk drag racing first, because we had the Gator Nationals over the weekend down in Gainesville, Florida, Tom. And the big story here was round two in Funny Car where Matt Hagen went up against Robert Height, and both cars went kaboom. 
Uh, yeah. But I think Robert Height kaboomed first. Therefore, Matt Hagen got to go on to the finals and Jack Beckman. Set, yeah, and Jack Beckman beat him. Beat him. But they're yeah. teammates, so it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. But uh, The Don won no matter what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a big win for Beckman, though, and I thought it was great that Crampton, Richie Crampton beat Sean Reed in the top field and got a win, and even cooler to see Tanner Gray get another win in pro stock over uh, Bo Butner and the pro stock motorcycle Eddie Krawick um, over Andrew Hines in that one. Yeah, uh, shocker, the Harleys. Yeah, again. <laughs> exactly. Some some good racing, though, at uh, in Gainesville at the Gator Nationals over the weekend. And the NHRA uh, set is really putting on some entertaining shows this year. We've seen uh, a few times where records have fallen. And, of course, uh, we've had a lot of kabooms along with that, too. Hey, we a lot of them a- with force Job Force Racing. Yeah, really. We did set a record since you mentioned records being set. We set one in Pro Stock Motorcycle during qualifying. Yep. We finally hit the fabled 200-mile-an-hour barrier yeah. in the bikes. Hector Arana Jr. did it. Well, of course he did. Who else would do it? I mean, you know, but that, I mean, think, think with me. Just, you know, picture this, if you will. Get on a motorcycle and go straight at 200 miles an hour. Um, my reaction to that hashtag nope <laughs> has uh, a little more fortitude than I do. That's why I'm sitting here with a headset on and he's That's on the correct. bike. That's amazing. It is amazing to, in all honesty. And Hector was the one who held the national speed record before he went 200 miles an hour. So he broke his own record. Yeah. That's uh, pretty amazing. Honestly, it just, um, you know, he, but again, when it comes to the finals, he's not there. So he right. did get a record out of the weekend, but I wonder if he would have traded that for the win. I believe he might have traded it for the win, though he did pick up, I think, $10,000 for being the first one to hit 200 miles an hour. Let's talk now, uh, go from drag racing to sports cars. So we go from straight lines to turning left and right at Sebring, Tom, and doggone it, this was going to be a really good race to the finish. And then... Mazda Team Yost had a problem on the final pit stop and fell a lap down, and that basically left it to be no contest for Nissan to pick up their first overall win at Sebring in 25 years, courtesy of the 2016 winner, Pippo Durrani. Yeah, Pippo Durrani, Nicholas Lapierre, and uh, Johan Van Overbeek. Johannes Van Overbeek. Johannes, I'm sorry, I I mispronounced that. okay. 12.42 12.42 seconds was the margin at the end over Wayne Taylor Racing. That's um, that's pretty amazing. They, you know, Pippo was the second uh, time in three years that he got the win, and uh, it was emotional for him because apparently his dad is not doing real well and mm. um, dedicated the win to him and said that uh, I'm glad he could see me win one more time. So that that makes it okay, Cisco. Yeah. And I was going to say, my one takeaway from Sebring was the fact that Corvette Racing was, at least judging by the post-race standings, kind of out to lunch in this one. Bad, 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 bad. Yeah, very really bad. bad. Well, they, had, they had mechanical trouble on the one on one of the two cars, for sure. Well, and the Fords, not uh, necessarily uh, overly strong either. That was surprising is to odd. me, personally. I want to highlight GT Daytona. Uh, Paul Miller racing, the the Lamborghini team, Brian Sellers, Madison Snow, and Corey Lewis getting the win. 
Corey Lewis is a driver that I have known and been watching since he was a junior go-kart racer in the WK Manufacturers Cup Series. That cat can drive a car. I am really shocked that he is not with one of the bigger teams in the sport because he is very talented. I was thrilled to see him uh get a win over the weekend and of course gt le mans the porsche team 911 rsr nick tandy patrick pile and frederick makawaki um getting the victory and i probably butchered that name too but it's close i can't it's hard e- to pronounce some of those i can't even say frederick's last Cisco's, name right cisco so. may be trying to save us here I, I, the other shocking thing that came out of Sebring, you want to talk about out to lunch? How about accurate team Penske? They were um, completely, they were garbage. Yeah, sure were. Let's be clear that Montoya, I believe, had some help, Cisco. <laughs> oh, he <Whoa>! did. <laughs> I missed that part of it. Apparently, I didn't see that. I'm not, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> okay. You want to go there, Jacob? Because our our audience should we should tell our audience what what went on. I suppose we should. uh, Let's just say there was a little coming together, and Juan got turned around, and it wasn't very pretty. Okay, he probably wasn't very happy about it neither. No, no, no. Well, Sebring's tough. Sebring's kind of it's kind of appropriate that on the same weekend that NASCAR was at. Auto Club, which is a very abrasive track. We had Sebring, which is, again, another very abrasive yes. track. It's a very, very challenging track for the drivers. And very. That last, like, hairpin is just insane. Yeah, it is. It is. Like, literally insane. <laughs> it is. And that's another one of those races where you have it, the, the fans show up, and it's a big social event. Yes. You know, that's a it's a big party down there. Yes. If you've never been to Sebring, it is worth going to the 12 hours of Sebring. One of our former regulars, Joel Sebastianelli, uh, ha- went down there a couple of years, Tom, and every time he would come back on this very show and it that was exactly the wording he used. He said it was one big giant party. It is. It really is. Yep. Let's see. We talked drag racing, we talked Sebring. What's left? Supercross? Uh, we can do that. AMA Supercross ran in St. Louis over the weekend. The real thriller in my book was Zach Osborne and Jeremy Martin going at it in the 250 class. Zach ended up winning, but Jeremy chased him right to the end. And a big win for Zach Osborne. Eli Tomac basically hashtagged Harvick the field in the uh, 450 class. He won by 20 seconds. Would that be... Kevin Harvick at Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, Harvicking. Yeah. It would just about be Truexing at Fontana because Martin Truex's margin of victory, here's your stat of the day, boys. Martin Truex's victory at Fontana was the largest margin of victory since Kurt Busch in Texas 2009. I can thank Jeff Gluck for helping dig that one up, by the way. Well, that's pretty amazing, honestly, when you think about it. Um, you know, you you look at this and you say, okay, we we talk about, you know, big victories and what did Kevin Harvick lose? And, you know, it's uh, there aren't many drivers. If Kevin Harvick had been able to win, um, I mean, there are only here, – here are the drivers – 
who have won four consecutive victories over the years. Richard Petty, Bobby Allison, Dale Earnhardt, Bill Elliott, Harry Gant, Jeff Gordon, Mark Martin, David Pearson, Billy Wade, Daryl Waltrip, and Kelly Arborough. Now, the most consecutive wins is 10 by Petty back in 1967. He yeah. won 27 total that year. Yeah. But here's the deal. There are only two drivers who have won five or more wins in a row, Petty and Allison, Allison won five in a row in 1971. Petty won six in a row that year. Uh, so, again, rarefied air. And, unfortunately, Kevin's mistake cost him an opportunity. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he gets another one because now you got Truex coming on. The Toyotas are starting to figure it out. I mean, perhaps you know, the, uh, I think it's going to be I harder for him to go on a streak. Well, I don't think he's going to go on a streak no. again this year. I do think he'll win a couple more races before we come playoff time. Yeah. I do believe he will win multiple more races before the playoff, just not necessarily in a row. Well, I agree. I, I would I would probably put him at five or six at least. Uh, Steve, you want in on Tomac real quick. Well, I, I didn't know if, if you guys heard this on the broadcast the other night, but all of the other crew chiefs uh, that, that stand there to, to hand out notes and things as their driver come, or their rider comes by, they were all talking about how Tomac was letting off way early, like yeah, in the tri-oval. Yeah. Before, he, he was letting off way yeah. before anybody else was. So to go with your Harvicking theme. Yeah, I mean, he just was unbeatable. That was one of those races where what, he got into a rhythm and just it, it was amazing to watch, really. It was. That's one of those where you just lean back in your chair and marvel yeah. at what he did. Yeah. That was a that was a good old fashioned beatdown. Is what yeah. that was. Uh, kind of like the Kurt Busch November two thousand nine Texas race when he won by twenty yeah. twenty five point yep. seven seconds. Exactly. So we're going to take our final break, and when we return, toss a few lightning round bullets out there and, well, see if we can uh, give Bill some things to do before the end of this show. I don't know. We'll think of something, even if it's just me throwing something across the room at him to keep him on his toes. You're listening to Motorsports Madness, the white flag segment coming up right after this on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. 
You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Modified driver Matt Hirschman, you're listening to Motorsports Madness on the Performance Motorsports Network. He almost did a thing over the weekend at Myrtle Beach Speedway. Just came up a little bit short in the end in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour opener at Myrtle Beach Speedway behind the runner-up Jimmy Blewett, and race winner. How about here's a shout-out that we'll talk more about on the Stock Car Show this week. Tommy Baldwin Racing and John McKennedy win the Wheel and Tour opener and make Tommy Baldwin a NASCAR winner in a touring series at long last, Tom. Yeah, how cool is that? I mean, and with, you know, you, you look at the drivers that he's had, and over the last few years and you look at John McKennedy and to me that's the prototype Tommy Baldwin driver because I watched Tommy's father race for many many years and the way that John McKennedy drives that's how Tom Baldwin used to drive and so you know I think it's awesome that um, he goes and gets a win and you know at the end of the day I mean when you really look at it, Tommy Baldwin Jr. belongs on the tour. And, you know, I really would love to see them run the entire tour. I know. And but Tommy has said that's not Tommy possible. has said with his car and because of his other cup commitments as the GM of Premium Motorsports, his car cannot run the entire tour. Now, yeah. he did say John McKennedy has a family car that they could put the 7NY on and go out and run this whole thing out for tour points. But Tommy said as far as his personal being at the track and being able right. to offer support and expertise, he can't be at all the races. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And John said to me in Victory Lane Saturday night that he does also have some commitments still with the International Supermodified Association for oh, this cool. year as well. So we will see John McKennedy back in an Isma Super at some point in 2018. For those in our audience who have who don't know what a super modified is, go look it up. Yeah, just go to YouTube, type in Oswego O S W E G O Speedway. You'll see an unwing super, and then um, type in ISMA I ISMA Isma Super Modifieds, and you'll see what the wing cars are like. And they are basically at this point mini Indy cars. It's pretty much where it's at. All right, let's go into our lightning round for a couple of minutes, shall okay. we? Let's do it. I'm going back to something I mentioned at the top of the show. 
That was so long ago, I forgot. What was it? Well, I'll remind you. Okay. Jimmy Johnson scored a top 10 at Fontana. Are they out of the woods yet? Tom, you can start. Here, oh. Tom, Steve, Cisco. That order. Uh, no. I don't, I don't believe they're out of the woods, but I, I here's what I do believe. They actually, I like the little bit of momentum. When a ninth place run is something to hang your hat on and say we're not where we want to be, but at least, you know, I mean, he was pretty consistent in the top 10 the other day. And we're going to Martinsville, which is a Jimmy Johnson track. So do I believe that he can win or run top five at Martinsville? Yes, I do. Thank you. Do I think that means that as a whole they're out of the woods? Not yet. Cisco? Plus one on what Tom said. I mean, it's Martinsville, so it's a Hendrick track. And, yeah, I think Martinsville's not going to dictate necessarily what that team has because we know that they're so good there. But I don't like. I don't think they're going to be out of the woods until we see consistent top five finishes in a row. Then I'll start thinking we're out of the woods. Steve. So here's here's how I here's how I look at it. I, I you know if I, I you know ninth place you know we're getting back on track. The the guy that sweeps the floor he's he's still got to prove himself, but you know. We're going to Martinsville. We've got Texas coming up. I look at those two places that's going to help me make up my mind because I'm undecided right now. I, I still think that they need to continue to show consistency. And if they can't do that at Martinsville and they can't do that at Texas, then I'm still got my hand on the red button and I've got it depressed. Well, then. <laughs> Fair enough. That would be the panic button yes. for those who are wondering. It's Steve's not the, been having not the fun easy button yeah. from Staples. Steve, Steve has been having fun with the uh, panic button for about yeah. three weeks now. He has an easy button, doesn't he? That's what he's trying to find. <laughs> I bet you that's that, what he's trying to find That's what right Chad Knauss is trying to find right now, the easy, the easy that's button. That's right. <laughs> All right. Next lightning round question. This can be either a cup or Xfinity driver, and I already know what Tom's answer is going to be, but I'll let him say it anyways. Who impressed you most during Fontana weekend? Wow. That's actually a, an interesting question. I you, Oh, you said either cup or Xfinity? Yes, cup or Xfinity, which is why I assumed that I would know your answer because I assumed you would say Ross Chastain. Well, yeah, but you know what? He he wasn't the only one. There were a couple of other. Jeremy Clemens had a good run for a while. Uh, Kaz Grala actually had a really good run for a while yeah, until he, uh, he ended up in the fence. Um, but... You know, I, I think there there are probably several candidates for that. Honestly, for me, the Xfinity side produced more of that than the Cup side did. I thought, from a Cup standpoint, it basically was the usual suspects. Uh, although, if you just look at performance and nothing else, then certainly Martin Truex. But if if you're looking at who surprised or who kind of stood out in an underdog sort of way, certainly Ross Chastain mm -hmm. was 
one of those that you would look at. And again, good for JD Motorsports because that team deserves some good finishes. And it was good to see Ross not just be in the top 10 for a little while, but to be in the top 10 for a good bit of the race or, yeah. you know, 10th, 11th, and there, 12th. All right. Cisco. This is going to be an interesting one. I'm curious to see how this goes down. Eric Jones. Yeah. Really? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. I still think he has a lot to prove being in the Cup Series because he was kind of, you know, he was there last year, but we knew he wasn't in a position to go out and win the championship, and now he's in championship winning equipment. So wow. I think this is a huge test for that 20 car, and it was a seventh place finish on Sunday. Not bad. Not bad at all. I would agree with that. Steve I'm going to go with Austin Dillon. Hmm. Finishes in the 10th spot at a very aero dependent track. And I just think that, you know, this team is going to continue to ride that Daytona 500 winning momentum. You know, I think that they're going to get finishes that we might not expect them to get. Uh, based on the past two or three seasons of history with the three car. So I'm going uh, Austin Dillon. He was also fifth, fourth or fifth, I think fourth on Saturday um, in the Xfinity race, which probably helped somewhat. But yeah, that that team is definitely making gains. They were pretty fast on Sunday. And you got to give a shout to Ryan Blaney too. another top 10 finish. He just keeps plugging along with Mm. the 12 car getting a little better every week. Yeah. Yeah, I I do want, though, to uh, shout out. They had one uh, issue late in the race where a tire went down, but up until that point, Paul Menard was running in the top ten all day as well. I mean, yes, okay, Tom, you're going to yell at me and say, but he didn't finish there. I'm sorry, he was running in the top ten virtually all day and for about half the race was better than the 12 car. I'm sorry, but a couple weeks now, we've been talking about comparing the 12 and the 21. So, hey, I was watching NASCAR timing and scoring all day. Yes, we were watching the same race. All right. Ryan Blaney clawed his way back from about 20th over the final 60 laps to end up in the top 10. Okay. I can argue. Are you sure that. you weren't watching like a race at Irwindale or something? That's Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. Uh, I was watching the race. I didn't see Paul in the top 10 for as much of the race as you apparently did, but okay. But, Whole first half. I mean, you know, yeah, there's there's no doubt that Paul's been fast, but here again, you, you know, he, he definitely had a really bad restart, and, you know, you, you I think there's some growth that still needs to happen there between him and the Wood Brothers team because, yeah, they've been fast, but they haven't been able to mm-hmm. – they're not closing deals, and they're also – not qualifying like they practice, which is another sign that, you know, there's just they're not quite gelled yet. Okay, final minute. So you guys have to make this quick. Last fall at Martinsville, the two KBM Young Guns, actually all three of the KBM Young Guns that are running this weekend, finished inside the top six. This weekend, Noah Gregson, Todd Gilliland, and Harrison Burton returned to Martinsville Speedway. Does one of them win on Saturday, and if so, who? Um, possibly I'll go with Gregson to get his second granddaddy watch. I mean, grandfather clock, but watch Burton. Because he won the Rattler on Sunday. Yes, that keep was your eye on Harrison Burton. Cisco. Yeah, Rattler, same Harrison Burton. 
Steve? No, because Stuart Friesen's going to win. <laughs> okay, there's a bold prediction. Wow. I like that but one. But Stuart Friesen finished sixth in that race last fall, too, so I give Stewie a shot. He certainly has one. I give hey him guys, credit. Hey, guys, Joe Nimichek's going to win on Friday. Why not? If it's got a wheels, that would be Saturday, if it's got wheels and a steering wheel, I always give Stuart Friesen a shot. There you go. That's our show. This has been Motorsports Madness, and we want to say thanks it to Mike. Has. <laughs> we want to thank Mike Garrity, Megan Coleman, our social media partners at Three Wide Life, as well as Bob Steele, Sue Mason, Bill Holt from CSB Behind the Glass, and all the folks at PMN that make this show possible. For Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and Dr. Dirt Steve Ovens, I'm Jacob Sillman, reminding you to keep it off the wall. And if you're headed to a racetrack, folks, we might just see you there till we meet again. You've been listening to Motorsports Madness with the Race Chaser Online crew. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network, www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section in the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up. <laughs>